Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with the Jim Frangione. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, sure. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. For those that may not know, he, which I doubt this, if you listen to Jarrah Ward, he is her narrator, basically, for all her books. But I'm going to have him tell you um, about himself. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got started. Well, I guess I've been doing this for a long time. You know, about 20 <laughs> years I've been narrating. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. And I, I, um, I was a, um, and I, I was a character actor for many, many years in New York and all over uh, the country doing plays, mostly in theater. So I, you, you know, did a lot of character voices and character stuff. So I just, um, I got a job. Um, I think my first novel had, the first job I auditioned for in audio for recorded books had uh, a Jamaican thug and a Russian mobster in it. Oh gosh. And uh, the audition went okay. And I got the job and, you know, I've been doing them ever since. I love it. I love, I love narrating good stories. And yeah. J.R. Ward is a terrific storyteller. She is. Um, I think I started with her reading the first book in the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I was like, because, you know, work and <laughs> adulting happens, I'm like, are these in audio? And boom, and that's where my love of you started as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, but you've also done other, uh, worked with other narrators. I mean, excuse me, you've worked with other authors as oh, well. Yeah. You know, Christine yeah. Freehan, Feehan and a couple of, I mean, like you have over 300 books under your belt. Yeah, I do. If not I've more. A ton of them. I do. My favorite is to do fiction, which this is, but I, you know, at most narrators, we do some nonfiction as well. And uh, that can be um, a little dry and academic yes. and uh, books about, uh, you know, the industrialization of this or, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it, there's not a lot of good storytelling in there, but I much prefer fiction. And um, in fact, I just, uh, I think I just finished uh her new novel called Darius. Oh God, yeah. the Darius story, and it's terrific. You. We just we just put it in the can a couple of days ago. Good, good. That'll be out soon. Yeah, I think I'm I'm one or two books behind because as I'm sure as you know, mm -hmm. she does all these other spin like spinoff series. So <laughs> yeah, she has right, this other right. one, and I'm going, okay, where does this fit in the storyline? So I tried to, and I think there's a but she has like, like three or four new ones oh, of yeah, another spinoff series. Prolific like, writer. Yes. And I'm going, JR, come on, let the girl catch up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She can write. She, yes. she she turns it out, which is good. I think I think her fan base is really, you know, wants uh new material and uh, absolutely. And, and yeah, sure. Yeah. Funny enough, I discovered her by discovering her original pen name and mm -hmm. did not know one and the same until I did some research because I wanted more books written by her in mm -hmm. her not knowing that she was the J.R. Ward and yeah. then I discovered that I'm like oh my god no wonder I like those other books <laughs> and they were contemporary there were not anything with PNR so it was just interesting but mm -hmm. um but yeah um I did want to ask you something because she is quoted in a video on YouTube um saying that 
you are a great narrator for her series because you have the ability to modulate your voice in a way that draws the listeners even further into the story. Hmm. What, you know, what comes to mind when you hear that? Well, I think, you know, my theory and I guess my, my MO with, with narrow, excuse me, getting, uh, I should turn the volume off there is, uh, less is more. And I think if you can, um, all of the main, you know, you find out who the protagonist is in the story, who, who is the, the kind of the hero of the story, whether it's Wrath or Butch or, you know, whoever. And then everybody is kind of a shade off of that, off of that voice. And the females are maybe a little lighter and the, the other males are a little uh, different. And, uh, and, and that's how I do it. I don't, I don't know whether I'm modulating my voice. I mean, with all the different characters, it's hard to keep who uh, keep everybody straight, <laughs> but that, if I, if you follow that logic and, and that, that you have your protagonist or your narrator or your hero is your, is, is your voice, then everybody else is, can be just a shade. And then you delineate to l- let the reader understand who's speaking and that's the key rather than to do different quite crazy voices like that. You know, you know, I was going over it. I did, you know, the more you do that, you, you draw attention to yourself as a narrator, I think. And um, you don't want to do that. You want to tell the story. Yeah. Especially if you decide to do that for a side character in book one, who ends up yeah. being the lead character in book 14. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And that's when the very cursing of both yourself and the author comes up into play, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Now, that's definitely something that I truly enjoy about your narration is that you provide enough of a difference where I know who's speaking and there's no distraction because, you know, something off. So, so, you know, that much is all the way on the negative. But yeah, I can also imagine keeping everything straight is hard. Yeah, but she's such a good writer. She lets you know who's speaking and, you know, in her writing. And of course, you know, the way she writes, you know, you know who the characters are. She has a way, I think uh, JR has a way of writing kind of in a, um, uh, there's some hyper realism in that there's good drama. And that when you're telling one of her stories, it's easy to dive into the emotion of the story because the emotion is, percolating underneath all of it and it's easy to go there for me as a narrator and a storyteller because she's giving you all the tools you need i do a lot of books but she is really adept at at creating a world uh, where the emotion is very relevant and that the stakes are very high in every scene and uh, she very i think she's very good in the use of time going back and forth in time so uh it's just a pleasure to do uh do her books and i've I've really enjoyed doing them i guess i think we've done 30 something books together over the years yeah 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 i mean other authors tend to do the whole like casting Mm -hmm. announcement of a narrator and this (laughs) and that and the cover reveal and the audiobook is coming to and these and then that's the announcement and we're going jim's doing it right all right oh thank you Yeah, after that many books, you're like, no, he has the pronunciations of the names and the places, let him be. <laughs> yeah, there's so much backstory that I know from this series, whether it's, you know, 
the way back or or it just it 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 I know all these characters. I feel like I know all of them and their stories. And that helps. So regarding the stories of not only hers, but of all your uh, clients and your authors that you mm-hmm. worked with in the 20 years that you've been doing this, obviously processes and, and even technology has changed um, when it comes down to the audiobook mm-hmm. world. Yeah. How has your process for prepping a book changed from when you started from where you are now? Well, I've gotten a little lazier. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, when I first started out, I had a really great, really wonderful uh, woman named Claudia Howard, who was the head of recorded books in New York. And she really taught me how to be a good narrator and taught me how to play with my voice and also taught me how to, um, you know, pay, pacing. Pacing is key. You know, you want to you want to race through a book. You don't want to you don't want to run through a book. You want to land a book and you want to. You want to find out where the moments are and let those moments really take effect and take hold and take pauses and let the audience catch up to the story. And I think when I started narrating audiobooks, I didn't know half of you know anything compared to what I know now, but I would always read the book. And she taught me a lot of times you have, if you're doing fantasy, especially, there's a lot of, there are a lot of names you have to know, understand, pronunciations. Fortunately, some companies have, some publishers will give you a research department. They, they allow you to, if there's a, and, and that person or research personnel will reach out to the author and get the correct pronunciations. I think actually in the, in J.R. Ward's series, in the Black Dagger Brotherhood series, we've changed the pronunciations. She's asked for changes for characters around uh, Hex, for instance, which is spelled X-H-E-X, which I pronounced uh, earlier in some novels, Zex. She said, no, it's really Hex. So we changed that. And there were a couple of other, I think, uh, Havers, the doctor was Havers at first, and he's now Havers. So uh, little small changes that she had requested, which I certainly accede to. They're they're great changes. But I used to prep a book and I would read every word in the book and I would would, uh, come up with a word list and words that were troubling or words that I didn't know. I'm pretty pretty facile in terms of language and words and I, I know word roots. So I kind of get the gist of how a word should be pronounced. I think from a little bit of Latin and Italian that I, I used to study. And uh, so I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty good with that stuff, but I, but now some books come to me that I don't, I don't prep as much. I don't read through, I kind of skim through it just to get the flavor of what it is and who the characters are and how I'm going to approach it. If that makes sense to you. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've, you know, I've had conversations with various narrators and they go anywhere from color coding mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> to, right. to completely cold reads. So I'm like, right. there's a gamut. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a, a female narrator I know who is really wonderful. And she uses, uh, I think it's I annotate where you can really just color, you know, all the different characters are different. That's way too much work for me. <laughs> And I don't engineer my own books. A lot of narrators have, you know, can do all of the editing. And I, I prefer to, I have an engineer whom I work with, uh, Jason, and he and I do the, we do all our books together. I just don't want to have to be, because if I'm focusing on editing and mastering and proofing and all that stuff, then I'm missing something in the story. So I want to make sure I'm right there, just 
just not pushing buttons, but telling stories. So with that process then of having the engineer and you not um, editing your files, that means that you're not doing the punch and roll. So you're just, That's there was, right. okay. Sometimes you'll do a punch record, what we call punch and roll. And other times it's a straight record, which is, I just, I just do it and I don't stop. I'll, I'll say, let's go back here and I'll just keep going. But that puts a lot of burden on the, on the editor at the end to piece together everything. What we generally do is a punch record or a punch roll. So we give the publisher a rough edit. So we, we uh, kind of edit it together on the fly. And then, and then we do pickups and mastering and proofing and stuff like that later. Yeah, because I know a lot of the um, narrators will do that punch and roll as they're recording the books as well. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a interesting. Yeah, I've, done it, I've done it both ways. I think you can get through a book sooner, quicker, if you do what, what they call the straight record, but punch, punch record is just fine. Yeah. Eh, again, different ways of doing things. <laughs> yeah. Your audience yeah. may not understand, the, uh, you know, the, a lot of the ins and outs of it, but. Uh, well, that's why I have conversations with you guys. So we better, better understand what goes on, bef- you know, with all this process, yeah, aside sure. from the packaged, pretty package that we get um, in our earbuds, because it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I give you guys your dues for that reason. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, no, it's a lot of work. And it's also exhausting. I know sometimes people be like, oh, well, I'm, you know, the narrators are in a booth, they're, you know, they're at home, blah, 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 how easy could it be? But it it really isn't. Because, you know, you're sitting still for how many hours a day do you record? Well, I used to be able to go, I used to be, I was a horse. I used to be able to go from 10 in the morning till like five or five 30 at night, (gasps) but I I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. My voice just doesn't, it just doesn't hold out. And uh, so I go, I, we start at 1030 and um, usually in the morning and we'll go till three o'clock or something like that. Take a little, take, you know, a little few little short breaks in there. And that's, that's plenty, but you're, you're a bit of a wet noodle after, after uh, four or five hours in the studio. I imagine like a long, long, long. <laughs> I, I, I try not to talk too much after, after, after that. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Get into long conversation. That is true. Cause I, I know what it's like when I have to do like phone calls at the day job. Oh, yeah, the last thing I want to do is get on another phone call for fun. Like, no, I'm not yeah. doing it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Does that mean that you have a routine to maybe like a warm up of sorts before you start recording or even after you record as far as for your voice? Well, not really. No, I, um, I just try not to get into I work a lot in the theater and I run a theater company. And so I'm, I'm involved in a lot of the rehearsals and in the editorials aspect with the playwrights, we do new plays. And so there's a lot of that work, but I, I really don't try to not talk. Uh, That's kind of kooky. My wife probably wouldn't go for that. Um, But I, I do. um, Yeah, no, I, I, I try not to, what I, what I do in the booth is to keep my voice lubricated I have uh, some really good herbal tea. I have, this is called throat comfort, which is sometimes it has lemon and sometimes not, but it's a great herbal tea. And I have the sugar-free Ricolas and uh, between the Ricolas and the tea, it, it keeps me pretty, pretty lubed up. Keep, keep the pipes going. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. I know that tea is something that uh, a lot of you guys as narrators have quite handy. Oh yeah. Hot hot fluid and I have a big thermos that I keep you know here with me in the booth everybody's different what they use but I like having a you know really hot fluid to just um you know it just kind of lubricates the throat for me for those sex scenes you know yeah 
especially. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Since you brought that up. <laughs> um, especially when it comes down to romance books. There's yeah. a lot of that, you know, there's, there's all these, yeah. it, the author is no longer fade to black. Yeah. yeah Some so, authors uh, are going more into the sex yeah. and the eroticism of it, which is fine. And, and some are, some are leaving it a little bit more to your imagination. I don't know. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to think whether, whether the black dagger brotherhood, which way that's going. It really, I think uh, JR uses the eroticism and the sex scenes as a way she doesn't, it's not, it's not a shock gratuitous. factor. Yeah. It's not a shock factor. It's not gratuitous. It's not there just for sex. She uses this, the sex scenes as a way to bridge a relationship and to bring people, um, you know, uh, together. And uh, they're all, you know, I love doing them. They're, they're fun. And, um, you got to go there. You can't shy away from sex scenes as, as I'm sure, you know, you and other narrators have said, you gotta, you gotta go for it. And I, and I enjoy it. Yeah. Was it always like that for you having the acting background or is it something that after 20 years you're like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, uh, after a day of like, you know, some long sex scenes, I'll, 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 I'll say to my wife, honey, I said, you know, you're, you're off the hook tonight. And, oh God, uh, no. <laughs> No, I'm 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 kidding. I'm no, kidding. I know. No, I meant more along the lines uh, of the blushing and the turning red that people oh, imagine. Oh no, I don't blush anymore. <laughs> it's just it doesn't even it doesn't even phase me anymore. Some narrators are very sensitive about it. They they have not they have uh, you know st uh, stage names and nom de guerres and they have different names for when they record uh, uh, erotica. I I don't care. It's 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 uh, you know doesn't matter to me i i enjoy it if it's well done i mean if it's gratuitous um it can be a little boring or a little bit uh um i don't know exploitative but i i you know it's like for instance jay Ward writes it, it's so well written that it it the momentum of the story moves you forward and the momentum of it really gets you into it and you you have a way of kind of moving with the story so if that makes any sense no, absolutely. I think sometimes sure. authors will use the sex scenes as fillers yeah. because the plot is not really there right. or they're trying to extenuate. And um, when you have an author that can include the sex scenes as part of the story and the character development and things like that, and as, as you were seeing as a bridge in the relationship as well, mm -hmm. that's really a, um, an author that you kind of want to keep. <laughs> I know that's like yeah. automatic. Here, here you go. And I have a handful of other ones too. Um, but I also can imagine I'm not a prude whatsoever. But if mm -hmm. I had to read some of those sexy lines in front of an engineer or anybody else, I might get a little bit like, hmm, okay. Um, <laughs> but well, he he's in he's in another booth. In uh, he's not. I don't. We're not looking at each other. Maybe that helps. <laughs> we're just doing it yeah you can you can laugh about this stuff too just yeah yeah no that's definitely how some people go about it and some people i know that uh really have fun and mess with the, with the engineers <laughs> yeah. so yeah right. i can imagine yeah but i'm glad that um you no longer blush um at all and stuff like that no, because it takes yeah. a lot to make me blush <laughs> it takes a lot good to know i'm not gonna take that as a challenge for now maybe next time we hang out okay right. next time <laughs> Yep. Um, what is your favorite genre in 
romance to narrate because again, romance is like an umbrella term and we have all these subgenres between paranormal and contemporary and all this other fun stuff. Do you have a favorite genre, a subgenre to narrate? I like paranormal stuff. I like fantasy. Um, something like, you know, the Black Dagger Brotherhood is really in my wheelhouse. That's that's the kind of story that um, that I like. There's, uh, you know, the the characters are all well-drawn. So I don't really, I guess I don't really have a, a particular genre that I lean toward. I just, I generally go with whatever the, whatever the job is or whatever the producer or the publisher throws at me. I, I do, I, I do some non, I do some non romance stuff too. I do a really fun series um, called the Chet and Bernie mysteries. And they're about a, it's about a guy who's in the Southwest and he's a private detective and um, they, they, he, goes on these great adventures you know there's a missing kid or or uh you know something happens and some of it is a little gritty but the stories are told by his dog chet and who is and it is it sounds corny but they are brilliant they are brilliant and they're written by spencer quinn I'm i'm not plugging the series but they're so much fun to do and they're so well written that i i just love them i i've done i think we've done about 13 or 14 books in the series Wow. Now we as listeners love knowing what you guys enjoy recording, because Mm -hmm. I think that there's sometimes not saying that anybody or anybody or everybody has done this at one time or another, but the whole like phoning something in because the material Mm -hmm. wasn't something that they were excited about. But so when we do know that you're excited about it, we're like, what's the name of that book again? And we write it down and we, you know, check it out. So that's always good to know. And it's fun. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Is there a genre that you have yet to narrate in? Not, not just within romance, but in oh, general boy. that you want, that you're like, I want, I haven't done um, it. You know, I don't think so. You know, radio drama is, or audio drama is something I don't do a lot of, you know, with multiple narrators and that yes. could be fun. I don't, I've never done, you know, because I'm, I work a lot in the theater. Yeah. Um, that might be fun for me to explore with different characters doing um, different parts in plays and things like that. I don't, I'm not sure how logistically it could be done. You'd have to all be in kind of a similar booth, excuse me, a booth or Zoom. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> or maybe Zoom, sure. Um, and that's been done too. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. everybody's, you know, a diff- different setup, but that might be one thing I, I might like to do. Okay. So multicast yeah. uh, drama. A, a lot of authors, I know that um, Aaron yeah, or, Mallon. Or- yeah, right. Or comedy, you know, drama or comedy. I shouldn't, you know, differentiate. It's the, any good, any good play would be fun to do. Yeah. I was saying like Aaron Mallon has been doing a couple of those multicast oh, yeah. mm-hmm. dramas, um, uh, like audio plays. And yeah. some of them are funny and some of them are quirky. And it's like, oh my goodness, it's so, it's a little different than a multicast book. Because it kind of reads a little bit like a play, but yeah, I think you would be, yeah, I think you would definitely have fun with those. I think uh, LA Theater Works does a bunch of them and Audible has started to get into them recently. They've got a few, I think it's easier when you've got a two or a three character play or, or comedy to do. When you get into, you know, multiple characters, it's the logistics <laughs> of it can be a little daunting, I'm sure. Yes, yes. It's a, uh, but it's all in good fun as far as, uh, how yeah. the engineers do it afterwards is like brilliant. It almost makes us think that you guys were in the same room, even though most of the time, especially now in the past two years, you were not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So a couple more questions for you. I know you have to go. Um, when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Well, I, uh, what do I do? I do, um, I have a, a motorcycle <gasps> and I ride, a, I, um, where, where I am up in the country, I have, uh, there's some beautiful um, country roads to ride on. And I have a, I have a Harley Davidson um, uh, street Bob, which I love. And uh, nice. so I like to get out and ride and get the wind in my face and smell the flowers and smell the, that's the beauty of riding a motorcycle is that you get this olfactory kind of assault with the various temperatures of the wind, of the air and the, 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 the flavor of the countryside and all of that. I love that. Um, I'm a sports piece, a sports person as well. I played sports when I was young and all through college and, uh, and I love uh, ice hockey and baseball. And so I, I, I love to do that. I, I have my two kitty cats give me a lot of pleasure. <laughs> I, I, in my downtime, I'm trying to think what else do I do? You know, just, um, I have, um, um, I'm always kind of up on what's happening in the, in the American theater and who's writing new plays. What are the new plays that are, that are coming out? I'm always interested in, in, uh, new writers and new writing. And, uh, that's really what keeps, keeps me going. Cool. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, different individual items, but all fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I do a little bit of woodworking. Um, I refinish, um, wood and, and uh, I'll take a piece of furniture and re- refinish it a little bit. I, I enjoy doing that stuff. And I have, I have some, I have a group of friends with whom I, uh, I get together and we, uh, you know, we shoot the breeze and I have long, I have some longtime friends who I've been friends with since the, the fifth grade. And so uh, we, we have a, we have a short, a short, uh, shorthand that we, we speak often. Ooh, the stories that they could tell. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I will, about me, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> not all flattering. I'm, you can bet. I remember this one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That is definitely something I do have on my bucket list is learning how to work with wood. For some reason, oh. I, I've, I've always loved like furniture pieces made out of wood. And, and you'll even hear me. In fact, there's a funny story where one time I was in a store with antiques and vintage stuff and i'm like damn look at the legs on that one and i was talking oh. about a chair <laughs> <laughs> but yep. everybody turned around i'm like the, the, the chair the chair it's the chair it's a chair <laughs> my uh my dad was a carpenter and a builder on on cape cod in massachusetts and uh so i grew up with all of it and i grew up with uh, him you know and i would have to work for him on the weekends which was torture you know and and um and then when I got into my teenage years, I did end up working for him in the summers and, and I learned a little bit, just enough to um, kind of whet my interest um, in terms of woodworking and stuff. And then when I was, in fact, when I was, um, but working for your father is, uh, yeah, that's... is a difficult proposition. You can, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of low person on the, on the, on the totem pole. And so I was uh, asked to do, you know, basically dig ditches and move that ditch from here to over there or moving, you know, asphalt shingles up to five flights of staging. And, um, but I, I did take a lot of what I learned later in life. And I, when I was a struggling actor in New York, in New York city, many years ago, I, um, 
I did a lot of painting and some uh, kind of handyman stuff. And that's how I made my living outside of the theater. Uh, you know, I did thousands of jobs in skating rink managers and I drove a limousine for a while. It's all kinds of things, but woodworking and painting and, uh, and things like that were, were always a way for me to kind of earn some money. Mm, yeah. In the lean, in those lean years. Yes. Yes. It's definitely, it's an art and again, it's on my bucket list, but now you're going to remember the whole, damn, look at the legs on that one. Next time oh, you're working yeah. on some wood. I, exactly. <laughs> well, working, working in, in, on, on wood and is something you do with your hands is, is very satisfying. I find. And at the end of the day, um, there's something there. Uh, and you know, it's like building a house, you know, you, there's actually something, the fruits of your labors are on display as opposed to pushing pencils and doing what we do where everything is kind of at the end of the day, it's kind of in the ether uh, or in the theater. It's, you know, there's, it, it disappears or dissipates. Audiobooks kind of stay around for a little while, but, uh, but that appeals to me. I like working with my hands and, uh, and, and making something out of, or ref, you know, kind of refurbishing something or renovating something. Yeah. I, I enjoy doing that stuff too. Yeah. I have a couple of unfinished projects in the garage. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Cause I can, you know, like I like going and not, not like not on tinking and tinking or anything like that, but yeah. I'll go to thrift shops and uh, my sister lives, lives in Seabrings, which is also known as God's waiting room. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a lot of places there that are you know get, get people you know donations happens and stuff like that because people mm -hmm. have passed and so i i've gotten a couple of pieces and i'm like one day i'll get to you honey one day mm -hmm. i'll get to you but yeah no my dining room table is something i did myself oh, and the same nice. thing with the furniture yeah yeah i'll have to send you pictures yeah. that one also has some good legs oh yeah yeah <laughs> just give me an orbital sander and i'm and some 60 grit paper and i'm ready and some tongue oil and i'm ready to go not exactly it's like mm, you're there see my people <laughs> yeah see i knew i liked you for more than just your voice <laughs> Thank you. welcome um the other thing too that um i think a lot of people kind of have in common is the love of music mm -hmm. and there's always that one song that it doesn't matter what it you know where you're at public or private in this grocery store or in the car when it comes on you got to start singing or jiving oh, or something. No. Yeah. Do you have a song like that? And what is I, it? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I'm a big, I love soul and funk and uh, old school kind of funk. So I, anything by James Brown will just kind of get me up and roll. You know, I, I don't know if there's really just the one song, but, uh, uh, oh gosh, no, I, they're real. I, it's just, you know, everything I, I grew up, you know, listening to a lot of kind of British glam rock and, and, uh, and now your, your tastes change over the years. And uh, so now it's all, I like exploring music and I listen to classical. I listen to, you know, rock and I listen to funk and um, yeah, some good James Brown or some Al Green or, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I listen to it all. Good. Okay. Can I now have a visual of you going down the grocery aisle? Oh yeah. And then the song comes up and I can like, yeah, I can see you grooving. <laughs> <laughs> you guys work with words all the time. Do you have a favorite word? A favorite word. Yeah. Wow. Not to be confused with a curse uh, word. Cause that's the second part of this question. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. 
you know, a favorite word could be synthesis. Mm. I like the word. I like the way that word sounds. It's a little difficult to 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 say sometimes if your s's aren't there. But I like the I like that it's not only a an interesting word to say, but I like what it means. The confluence of two things, or the the alchemy of two things, the synthesis of two things coming together. Yeah, I like that. So the second part, yeah. what's your favorite curse word? Oh, well, uh, I'll, I'll take my cue from David Mamet and go right to the F word. <laughs> that is also Jared Ward's favorite one too, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she uses it quite a lot. She's got a couple that <laughs> she uses. I think, I think Wrath has got a couple. And then there's Butch. Yes. My Boston buddy. Yeah. Butch talks like that. Mm-hmm. Come on, Viviana. <laughs> oh, Let's do Butch some audio. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's like fangirl down right now. <laughs> yeah. She has, she has she writes great characters. Yeah, I think Butch is probably one of my favorite characters in the in the Brotherhood. You know, okay. love, Wrath is great, but uh and Zadist and Fury. But, but I, I can see I, that. I do, I do like Butch. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're all great. She's and she creates all different um, personalities for yeah. them, which is which is really you know her skill. Yeah, well, that's definitely a classic word to go with when it comes down to favorite curse words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on, um, or what's coming out next for you that you can share? Um, I'm doing a book right now that is really beautiful. It's a it's a piece of literary fiction called um, The Voyage. It's by Philip Caputo, and I'm doing it for Blackstone Audio. And it's just an epic uh, adventure story. Um, but it's a, it's a really wonderful, wonderful story. And I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to tell it. So I'm about halfway through. It's going to take me another, it's a big book. It's going to take me another week uh, in the studio to get it in the can. And that's, that's what's going on. And then I do have, following that, I do have another Chet and Bernie book and that one, all of the books in the Chet and Bernie series are, are called like, for instance, the first one was called um, dog on it or thereby hangs a tail or the sound in the furry or, you know, those, those kinds of funny little, and this, and this one, this next one is I think one of the best titles yet. It's called bark to the future. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Bark, bark to the future, which I, I, I howled, no pun intended, when I, when I heard that. <laughs> so I'll do that one pretty soon as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be other chair award books when she's finished writing them. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Well, I'm, I'm, I, well, in fact, I think I'm doing an event with her. Oh, really? Why? Um, I think we may be doing an event together at some point. Is it I, the I, readers in the, it is in the river, maybe? I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think that um, the publisher just reached out to me recently about doing it. And I I, I get a kick out of her. She yeah. is funny yes. and uh, irreverent. And I, you know, we, we have fun together. Yeah. So I've had the pleasure that. of meeting her a few times. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, great. So she gives great hugs. Um, she is very funny and has always been very sweet. Um, oh, quit with it too, my damn and yeah. the sarcasm like i love you i love I you i think so- there's one isn't there one kind of um 
uh, it's a, like a convention in Ohio, maybe that uh, her listeners, a lot of the, a lot of the fans go to, and it's where she announces uh, the next book kind of. Yeah, device. she does that. Um, the, those little, they're, um, they're like almost like a little bit of a signing slash convention yeah, kind right. of thing. Yeah. Very, it's kind of private as far as the, it's not huge. Like it's like 500 people. It's, it's yeah. a smaller amount and those yeah. are great. Those also get um, recorded and placed on, on, on. Oh yeah. They sound screen. like a fun, a yeah. fun, a fun gathering. Yes. I'm going to have you to know. email you about a couple of other events that you oh, might yeah, be interested please. in. Please do, please do. Yeah, because you know my only regret, my only regret about doing all those wonderful books for uh, J.R. Ward is that they never put my picture on the cover of the <laughs> books. It's always somebody like Fabio or you know some handsome guy with chiseled abs, and I'm like, what? I guess I have a great, you know, I have a good voice for audio, yeah, <laughs> or a great face for audio, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to live the dream and someday may hope maybe they'll, maybe they'll put me like naked from the waist up on one of those books, but I don't Ooh. think it, I don't know if it would sell very well. I hope that J.R. Ward and her team are list, is listening to this uh. and, and just for <laughs> shits and giggles, just say, Hey, we're going to do a photo shoot. You want this? Oh yeah. You know, I'll, get a say- night, I'll get a long blonde wig. <laughs> and uh, Photoshop my head on somebody else's no. body. That would be the only way. That it would happen. You can carry a cool sword. Damn right. Or a dagger, you know. It's like, ah, yeah. you know. So I I think it could be done. I have to talk, I'll, I'll have to talk to her team and say, hey. I'm ready. I'm ready. Jim, Jim kind of in, in conversation with me and kind of mentioned this and with all the yeah. books and stuff. I you know, give them a little. Put them on That's the right. cover. Even yeah. on the back cover. I, yeah. You know. A special edition. Limited edition. A limited edition. Very limited. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. just, yeah, I know, but um, but she she she's the funny thing is though she would probably do it. I doubt it. Oh, well, just for fun. <laughs> well, that's kind of you to say. Yes, but she'll probably get you like, let's go, let's do this. Um, and who knows, maybe she'll she'll do a, a co cover with you too. That'd be kind yeah. of fun. Her and her pearls. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll show up in a, in a in a long blonde wig and you know mm-hmm. with, with, in a kilt. with some chiseled abs. Oh, in a kilt, yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That way you can do Jared right. Ward's books, but also anything right. to have to do with like historical romance in Highlanderville. So you're set. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Completely right. new career for you now, Jim. Ooh, yes, the kilt. <laughs> and you do know what to say the difference between a kilt and a skirt is so i do yes so for those that don't know google it (laughs) kilt is uh no underwear worn i believe yes 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 it's all natural as it's supposed to be yes well thank you i've I've worn a kilt yes yeah oh good i have indeed Yes. That's always when it comes to the book cons. Um, it's one of the questions a lot of the romance authors are like, um, are the cover models going to be having like a Highlander theme day? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, mm, we can ask, you know, it happens sometimes. They used to Ah, oh, the days of cons, but they're coming back. So I will definitely be emailing you a list of the ones that are coming up. And there's actually one particular in Chicago. It's called Allure. And they are mm-hmm. only about audiobooks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So I'll, I'll send you that info so you can check it out. Please. Yeah. And Please. perhaps you can come visit and uh, get to know some of your fans in person. Would love to. I'd love to meet some fans. I yeah. truly would. 
Yeah, no, you have a lot of them. So I'm so thrilled that uh, we got a chance to talk. So thank you for being part of this year's audiobook loving series. I truly appreciate you and your time. Oh, my pleasure. I enjoyed, I enjoyed speaking with you, Viviana. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as a series. Information on Jim and the books that he's been narrating and has narrated will be over at the Audiobook Love and Series page at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Love and Series, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program. 